everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. Last double date of 2021. This is it. Memories. <laughs> of so many blood relatives. And this one is a doozy, so we will... Let's get right to it. And it's it will not disappoint, because there's a lot of stuff in this one. No, absolutely not. So exciting. And if you're with us for the first time for Blood Relatives at the very end of the year, I'm so sorry. You might have to go back. Blood Relatives is a show on ID Network, and it is filled with symbols and metaphors that are actually real or not real. I don't know. Kimberly and I might just want to see them, but it feels like they're there. I'm not just imagining the creatures, the insects. No. But what their meaning is, we are definitely, we're stretching. Yeah. We're stretching. It's a stretch, for sure. So this is Wasted Away. It is season six, episode five. So we're in the final season of Blood Relatives that we know of, unless they're coming back. Please, God. Why is this episode called Wasted Away? I thought it was about alcoholism. I think it was a, it's a misnaming situation where an episode was named something by accident. <laughs> no, it's not. It occurred to me in the middle why it's called that. Oh, really? Waste is the keyword. Oh. It's a title that's a little bit in poor taste. Oh, that's in terrible taste. As we're going to come to find out. Too far, blood relatives. Hold that with you for this. Oh, wow. I did not get that. Brenda Strong is our narrator for the series, not to be confused with Brenda Song from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Brenda Strong tells us, like a well-built house, the key to a good life is a solid base, but cracks can form in even the strongest foundations. Okay, that's a great sentence. It's these next two that get a little muddy. <laughs> Who don't always see the festering decay. Who don't always see the festering decay? That's right. It's a run-on from the first sentence. A family who don't, who doesn't, family, who's the noun in the... We don't know. I don't know. I can't diagram sentences anymore. I tried to do it and I couldn't do it. Who's the pronoun? Who's the, what's the other thing? The adverb in this sentence. Who don't always like to see... The festering decay until one evil wind sends everything crashing down. They just put a lot of words together. It's a word salad. And thought we wouldn't notice, except that I have to write it down. And so I did notice. And the reason you wouldn't notice is because there's a lot of stuff happening underneath what she's saying. We are seeing immediately people in their underoos. So we're getting bodies in this episode. Men and yeah. women, ma mainly men. Why haven't we gotten sponsored by one of those underwear companies? We are. Oh, we have Bombas. We have Bombas that has underwear. Yeah. Bombas has underwear now. There you go. There we go. We also see an angel statue, a big angel statue. We see lots of iconography right from the top. We see like a cross and a lot of religious stuff so we know there's religion that plays a part in this episode there's an arrest that we see there's what appears to be a stigmata <laughs> okay pepper spray and then people looking into what looks like a big container of sludge put a pin in that 
we'll come back to it. Yeah. We are in Ray, Ohio, where the top three life traits are faith, hard work, and family values. And the Inmans exemplify all of those traits because Dad Bill has recently taken over Faith Tabernacle, which is a local church. And his wife, Sandy, always helps out. So Bill and Sandy are our patriarch and matriarch, and they are a church family. Have there ever been a church family, specifically a pastor, on Dateline or Blood Relatives that has not turned out to be somehow corrupt or a killer? Yes. And was just extraneously involved in the crime? Yes. We just had one. Yes. The one... Yes. That guy who was the listener, who listened Mm -hmm. to... You're right. He was... Who felt really bad because he felt like he didn't do the right thing. And he was good. You could tell he was a good person. Yeah. He might have been one of the only ones, though. I wish I could remember any others. But he was recent, so I'm sure there's been others. But most of the time, if they're the subject, it's usually because something's gone horribly wrong. So... I'm not saying that happened here, but if you've listened to any of these, you know that's what happened here. (laughs) The religious people on these shows are usually not that religious, deep down. Oh, yeah. They're not a good representation. Well, they have questionable readings of scriptures. They're reading it in a very strange way. Does Bill look familiar? We've seen Bill. So familiar. We know Bill. Okay. Bill has been in other blood relatives, we think. He's been in other blood relatives or in another show that I've seen. Is that what's happening? Then I've seen it too. Okay, well then it's probably blood relatives. It's got to be, right? I mean, we've both watched a lot of shows. We do not have time here to go through every single one. But we do have a lot of common shows. I can't find people on IMDb that are in blood relatives because you have to, it's no whole thing. They're not like series regulars. They're in one episode. Correct. That's unfortunate for those actors. So. Pastor Bill and Sandy are working in the cemetery, and Pastor Bill has some lady from his parish walk up with a broken pot. She needs help. He gives her a brand new pot to put flowers in. I guess there's a cemetery attached to the church. The woman that walks up to him, though, looks like the girl in Brave. Her hair is tremendous. Yeah. Meredith? It's really unbelievable. Is that her name? I haven't seen Brave. Yeah. he. She's like, it, the pot is cracked in half. Can you do anything for this pastor? Wait, is he a arts and crafts counselor? What is happening? Passive aggressive. And then he just has an identical pot? No, passive aggressive is, is what's happening. She sees that he has other pots and it's like, oh, can you help me? Okay, he's going to give you another pot. You know it. Uh, yeah, I'm on to her. Mm-hmm. And the wife is standing right there. And the wife, instead of being like, this woman with the flowing red hair is clearly flirting with my pastor husband. But she's like, oh, you're so nice. She did not appear to be flirting. Did you think it was flirtatious? It was a little damsel in distress. Can you help me, please, father, with this broken vase? Passive aggressive. The more upset she is, the more likely she is to get one of those (laughs) new vases sitting by his feet. She knows exactly what I think she's clever. So clever girl. (laughs) gets a new pot, walks away. Sandy is marveling at her pastor husband's selflessness. Because he gave her one of these two 20 cent that he got him from like Michael's and they were in a batch of 40 for $5. He got him at the Dollar General. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. It's not good. But at the same time, it is very kind, but it is not an act of selflessness that 
is large. It's a small thing. So Sandy herself is all about church and family, and she tells Pastor Bill that the new statue is coming by today, and then he jokes very lovingly, well, then now he'll have two angels. So he's going to have that one and her. Mm-hmm. Aww. We always like everyone at the beginning, because Blood Relatives really likes to keep us on our toes. We immediately, following this adorable joke, get a shot of a large angel statue crying blood. <laughs> Just keeping you on your toes. Don't forget you're watching Blood Relatives. This is an acute rom-com. No, in case you thought you were watching a rom-com. Yeah. About the local vicar. Yeah. Who and his wife. Okay. <laughs> so, wow. Also, our color of the episode is blue. We get it right from the beginning in a family portrait. I actually caught it this time. It's every, I mean, they, I don't even know. It took me like 20 minutes <laughs> But you know the family photo that they usually show at the beginning is pretty good indicator. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. I know. I think we just have, you've learned to mistrust your own thoughts on it. No, I've learned to just look the other way. To just go, don't, yeah, just blind eye. I'm watching it literally colorblind. There we go. So now we have our 26-year-old son, Willie, who comes bearing this angel statue, which is not large. It's actually small. At the cemetery, and he's in a blue Henley, and he has a thick head of flippy hair. And he's hot. Lots of hair. And a square jawline. And he is our blood-relatively good-looking young gentleman. Very cute. I have decided to call them very late in the game, blood-relatively good-looking. I love it. Because there's always one. So he helps out his parents whenever he can. He's a good son, no animosity yet. And then friend Adam shows up to help Willie. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting because we haven't had a gay couple on Blood Relatives yet. I was incorrect. But he's got to be important because his entrance is very pointed to and it's pointed that he and Willie are friends. Oh, also Adam is in a blue tank top. We actually get a cop being interviewed at this point who talks a little bit about Adam and says that he remembers going to school with him and that Adam was really friendly and seemed like a good guy. And generally, if we're hearing something like that, it means he turns out to be a real bad guy. He seemed like a good guy that turns into a bad guy. So I was like, okay. That's possible. He appears to be talking about him in the past tense. Why are they doing that and giving that away? So he's either dead or the killer. Oh, yeah, he does kind of. That's right. Well, I didn't, I didn't even catch that. I thought he was straight up the killer. So I didn't hear the past tense, but you're right now that I think about it. But is the scene ends we now get some more sepia toned foreshadowing it's like flashes of images to come and we see a line of garden tools small garden tools all lined up together in a row which means absolutely nothing they don't turn bloody or anything they just are lined up in a row yeah we'd see a crown of thorns yeah on the ground we see a white lily dripping blood and then we see a cross with wire binding on it that's binding the cross in the middle. Mm. So lots of iconography. Mm -hmm. Now we're at the Inman house and we're in the kitchen scene because there's almost always a kitchen scene. And we find out that Willie is married to his wife, Summer, in a blue dress. And they have two children, a boy and a girl, that are also dressed in blue. So Summer is described as shy, but she's also really fun to be around, I guess. And her and Willie met at church, of course. So now they have a conversation. Willie walks in. They have a conversation while she's prepping dinner that she's making for her in-laws, who apparently 
also live at this house. Yeah. Surprise. Oh, wow. That's a that's a lot of people. So they all live there together, Brenda tells us, to serve the needs of the community and to also dress in coordinating colors because literally everyone's just coming in in shades of blue. But we're told that cohabitating with the in-laws can be stressful on summer, no doubt. And she is wearing a very prominent triangle earring set. They're large triangles. They're like half an inch big, not tiny studs. Yeah. Why? And a necklace. Yeah. I immediately wrote the Trinity because I was thinking Father, Son, Holy Ghost from church. I'm thinking love triangle. And then later we see the church from the outside, which has an A-frame. Yes. Are you spoiling it? No. Just saying. But that made me think that. But really, I was thinking love triangle. That's the only thing I could think of. Well, and then there's also right where they're baking this these weird triangle statue on the counter. Yeah. Cluttering up the entire counter is this large triangle thing. I don't understand. The wire thing? It's like a wire. She has, there's several. We see a bunch of them throughout. We see sometimes they're made of like wood. Oh, no, we see them throughout. But at this scene, what were they made out of? Yeah. And then this one may, looked like metal, maybe. Like it was made of metal. Solid? It was a heavier set one. It's the one next to the cross. They show it later. There's a metal cross and a metal triangle that are like this. Okay. Or like this. Okay. I don't know. That might be it. And they may have just moved it into the shot is what I'm guessing. Because it's on the dining table. Oh. But you said this is on the counter. It's on the counter where she's cooking. Yes. So they're just moving it into the shot. Okay. Yeah. So we're really supposed to get the triangle symbolism here. Well, and then the close up of what she's cooking. What's the close up of what she's cooking? triangle pastries they look like empanadas or something i did not i totally saw those and did not register that they were triangles you're right she's cooking like little wontons triangle shape they went all out they like baked yeah they really did or went to go pick up from world company empanadas which is a really good empanada oh yum that's not what it's called oh that's hilarious i don't know what it's called (laughs) it's world something World Company sounds like you were trying to say cost plus. It's world something, empanadas. It's an actual empanada place. Anyways, I don't know if that's what they were. It's a restaurant? Yeah. They were triangle shaped, like pastry filled something. Oh, that's fun. So they're going over. They're leaning in so hard on this triangle theme. Hardcore triangles. Okay. Now we get a lot of fidget spinner footage right now as well. There's like a bowl of fidget spinners on the table and the little boy is playing with a blue one. Why? I thought they were going to be important. Well, because it's on the table next or the shelf next to the family portrait too. A fidget spinner, a pyramid shaped thing. Yes. And a little police car toy. They show that again later and that's when i picked it up okay so those three things are going to be important so this is the first time we see that weird but really is the fidget center important does it come into play at all after this scene no it's not it's a red herring it's a blue herring i can't stand it i can't stand it because i thought it was important because we never know what's important but obviously triangles are also apparently our creature is not an angel which i thought it was No, it's a frog. Oh, that would be, what kind of is an angel? It's a frog. It's a for real a frog, yeah. So we get Froggy hopping across some freshly baked cookies. We have not had a frog yet. I was delighted because I thought it was funny. 
Froggy went a courting and he did ride. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Froggy went courting and he did ride. Uh-huh. He had a sword and a fidget spinner by his side. <laughs> I did like the froggy. I was into it. So the Inmans might have some sort of amphibian infestation. Are frogs amphibian? Yeah. They can breathe out, okay. out underwater and above water. Oh, there we go. It's okay that they have a little bit of a frog problem because it seems like they are all lucky enough to be hashtag blessed with gorgeous sets of hair. Mm-hmm. Willie has incredible hair. Mom Sandy has beautiful blonde hair. So good hair genes all around. But Summer might be in trouble because this living situation is pretty tough and it's enough to make anyone's hair start falling out. And that's why, hallelujah, we sing the praises of pros. 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 There you go. For many of us, stress is just a daily feature of life. For some of us, it's a lifestyle. (laughs) And I'm assuming summer is one of those people. And when it gets more intense in a short time from now, like in a couple weeks, when we're all going to be experiencing something called the holidays, (laughs) stress can trigger physical reactions like dramatically increasing hair shedding and thinning. And what's wild is that people usually lose about 50% of their total hair before they even notice an increase in shedding. What? Yeah, I know. That's bananas. Now, there is a way to stop stress-related hair loss in its tracks and spark new, stronger growth, and it's from pros. Pros specializes in custom hair care, and now they also make custom hair supplements that can help reduce excess shedding and spark fuller, thicker hair growth Mm. with just two capsules a day. Fantastic. Through an online consultation, Pros customizes your supplements to address all of the factors that could be triggering your hair issues like age, hormonal changes, stress levels, diet, you name it. Mm. I mean, for some people, everything causes stress. This sounds extremely helpful. Pros supplements use only natural, clean, safe ingredients, not drugs or hormone disruptors. All formulas are toxicologist approved, gluten free and vegan, and they really work. Multiple studies show that over 90% of women taking Pros hair supplements saw less shedding, more growth and improved overall appearance in just 90 days. Try it for yourself. Go to pros.com and take their online consultation today. Yay. Stop the shed. Stop the the shed. (laughs) Stop the shed. Try your own custom hair supplements and you'll get 15% off at pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off custom hair supplements. Pros. Proven to stop the shit. Yes. Pros, 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 pros. Thank you, pros. So back at our kitchen. Brenda tells us now that this is when all the trouble starts. Not at the kitchen table with the fidget spinners, but in our actual story. This is when the trouble starts. And I'm guessing that the trouble involves this family that we've just met, the Inmans. That's just my guess. And maybe the frog. Mm. It all starts with a church charity fundraiser. For the charity fundraiser, they are selling $10 raffle tickets to go to housing the homeless. And the big prize for this raffle is an actual house. So the person that the raffle number draws, that's what happens, right? They, everyone buys a ticket when they read the number on the ticket. Yeah, but I don't understand how a church can afford or did someone donate an entire house for the winner of the raffle? 
I said, now I'm no dummy, but that church looks a little small. Yeah. I'm guessing that maybe they have a congregation of 200 at best. That's generous. So I don't know. I mean, I guess if 200 people are buying 10 raffle tickets at $10 each, so $100, 200 people, that's still not enough for a house. That's $20,000. So someone is donating the house. The church obviously does not have the money to buy a house, although it is dropping a dime on those heavy, nice angel statues. Those are not cheap. Tithe money buys those. Right. The church. Right. Or somebody is donating those as well. Or those angel statues are for the cemetery, which means someone is buying it for the plot of their family member. Could be. Although the pastor made it sound like he was receiving it. He did make it seem like that, didn't he? Like he was receiving it from Paris. Yeah, like he ordered it from Amazon or something. Like he splurged. Yeah, that's true. I treated myself to a new angel statue. Hmm. No, this whole thing sounds so shady. It sounds shady from the jump. Mega churches, I would think, could do this. Like the big mega churches would definitely be able to do this. But there's no way that this church, this small church, can handle a prize of this scale. And if someone is donating a house, let's say, for this, wouldn't they just donate it directly to a homeless family instead of donating it to the church to raise money for homeless families? I would guess that maybe the thing was that they were going to keep 10% for the church. I don't know. I'm sure they had some fine print on it. But yes, it would make sense for that to happen. The whole thing sounds really shady. It sounds like a TV evangelist that take advantage of elderly people. It's upsetting. And they also collect a significant amount of money for this raffle. And at this point, priest is, <laughs> Bill is wearing a priest collar. He was? He was. Is he a pastor or a priest? So I have a lot of questions, but we'll have to move on because <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. I think that they're trying to differentiate him like he is a man of the cloth. We, we get it, but I don't think that he would probably wear a, a priest collar. Interesting. It's an interesting choice. I see what the costume designer's doing. They're dumbing it down for the audience again. But I think it's because of the next scene we see. So there is an issue, of course, with this raffle in that the home, indeed, that was the grand prize, is foreclosed on before the raffle even ends. They're still selling tickets and the home that they had is foreclosed. Because of mismanagement of funds and such. Because they didn't pay it. <laughs> yeah. Mismanagement of funds means you didn't pay your mortgage. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. Whoops. And now the family all exits the church out of... Basically, they, this whole scene, all they've been doing is counting money at the pulpit, which is kind of creepy. And all three of them, and with him in a priest collar, they all walk out the two double front doors of the church into a slow-mo shot of an angry congregation mob. That's coming at them. It's very weird. It's choppy. It's very weird. It's like blurred. That It's that strange camera angle where it is choppy, but also blurry. It's like you're on ecstasy and you're at a rave and the camera is your point of view. You know what I'm saying? If you were trying to show that someone on drugs at a rave feels like. Because their face kind of moves and extend, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you see my face, but then when I move my face, there are trails and blurs of an echo of my face appearing. 
I can't think the word either. Oh, it's called something and I'm forgetting tracking. I'm forgetting what it's called. I think it's tracking. But regardless, this might be why he's in the priest collar, because it does differentiate him from the people in this blurry shot, Mm. right? That was my thought. So not dumb. And also, because it seems like it's a fake raffle, it would make sense that he's wearing a fake priest costume. Sure. That makes sense. So people are really angry with the Inmans, and the family is, of course, investigated for fraud for this fake raffle. Now, our new shots for commercial include the triangle earring necklace ring set being laid on a table. So, again, triangles are important. Don't forget, that's our shape this episode. Oh, and then I wrote here, love triangle. So here's when I thought it might be a love triangle. (laughs) I thought it was coming. And also I thought that the love triangle did probably involve Adam. Because otherwise, why do we meet Adam? So now the Inman family, under a cloud of suspicion, we find out that Willie is not the great guy that brings angels to the cemetery that we thought he was in his blue henley and handsome jaw and head of hair he's actually a bad guy so we get a really really weird bedroom scene between willie and summer where summer his wife is sitting at her vanity table he comes up behind her and kind of puts the moves on her and she says stop stop you are suffocating me now it's important to remember that during this time she is taking off those triangles and putting them down on the table this happens about 50 times in this episode i wrote How many times do we see the necklace either being put down on a table or dropping down on a floor? Did you read it at write that at this point? This was probably the first one. And then later on, it happens like 50 times. We just saw it in the flash forward. Remember, we just saw it being laid. (laughs) Now we're seeing it 30 seconds later. Yeah. The episode should have been called Necklace Comes Off. I was a little bit insulted. I felt like they thought I was dumb. (laughs) In case you missed 30 seconds ago, we're just going to repeat it. Because I do miss things. This was a lot. I miss things all the time. I'm telling you, they make these shows for people who are not paying attention, who are also doing their taxes as they're watching. So somebody is going to catch one of the necklace put down or drop down or fall down. Because there's 50. And they're going to go, oh. Yeah. And then they're going to keep moving because they're never going to see the other ones. Okay, I get you. I get you. Okay. So she tells Billy, who's behind her, stop, stop, you're suffocating me. And he says, what? I barely touched you. The scene is not playing exactly right with the information that's being told us to us in the background. Yeah. So the reason that I said that Willie's turning into the bad guy is because we're being told in interviews at this point that he had a very tight reign on Summer and he was expecting her to be 100% doting on him, answering his every whim all the time, being, I don't know how to put it, being a biblical wife as God would want her to be, which means subservient to her husband all the time. And we're being told that in the background. The scene doesn't match quite exactly. He again tries to put the moves on her, and she says, I'm not in the mood. And Willie, by the way, with his jawline, who's in his underoos, says, you know how many women would kill to have what you do? (laughs) I'm going to say that again. You know how many women would kill to have what you do? And then he kind of mumbles the next line. Least you could do is show me that you love me. He's so pretty. 
Willie is not our strongest actor. He's so pretty, though. He's incredibly handsome, and he's definitely an actor-turned-model. Yeah. He's, he's a handsome gentleman. He's trying. And so, Willie, just for your sake, here's the line. Do you know how many women would kill to have what you do? The emphasis is on the word kill, not kill to have what you do. <laughs> how many times? Do you know how many women would kill to have what you do? No works better. Do you know how many women would kill to have what you do? Do you know how many women would kill to have what you do? That's the one. That's it's on the wood. That's the winning take. Do you know how many women would to kill to have what you do? But when I first said the sentence, could you even understand what I was saying? Because I had to rewind three times to figure out what he was saying in the sentence. I was like, what is he saying? Do what? And then I was like, oh. It sounds like he has a dangling participle. Kill to have what you do? I'm guessing 13 takes. <laughs> so he again, he is incredibly handsome. He is. So we can't have everything. Actually, he does fine in the rest of this. I am so sorry to harp on this. It's just that I had I never have had to go back <laughs> in blood in blood relatives. Normally the dialogue's pretty good. The actors are pretty good. So this one just took me by surprise because I was like, oh, what are we doing? What's happening here? And again, this is season seven. So the actors are getting a lot more lines than they used to in the earlier seasons. They are. This is the last season. So they're having lots of conversations. So normally we'd be absolutely fine that he's just blood relatively good looking guy for the episode now is it doesn't hold anymore. Anyways, we're supposed to understand that Willie is forcing his wife to do things that she does not want to do. <laughs> but seriously, he's not being a very good husband to Summer, which is completely unacceptable. We make jokes, but that's not okay. No, and they're brushing over it in the acting. I think it was way worse than we are told. What we're being told in the interview sounds very dark and so and also like a crime. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just going to leave it there. Brenda Strong then tells us that Summer's only relief from the darkness at home is her weekly theater rehearsals. What? So random. What? Okay. He can't be controlling that much if he's letting her do a play. I was very surprised. Do you think it's a morality play? Do you think it's every man? Oh, is it a church-based it's the crucible of morality play. It's not right. No. Okay. It's it's young Goodman Brown. It is. It is. <laughs> so after young Goodman Brown rehearsals, friend Adam, Willie's friend in the tank top, drops Summer off at home, and they have an incredibly sexually charged exchange back and forth in the driveway, and then a hug that's a little too long with Willie watching in the doorway, and he is pissed about it. He is ticked off. And then Froggy hops across the driveway. Get out of there, man. That there was a big truck. Froggy, you don't want part of this love triangle. Oh, remember, Adam drove up in a truck. Let's also remember that for later. Okay. Interesting. That's important. Also, Willie does not seem to be that mad at Adam. He seems to be mad at his wife. What, Adam didn't want to come in for a beer? Yeah. Yeah, because Will Willie's a bad dude. He might be trying to get with my wife, but he's still my bro. She's probably let him on. She's a harlot. It's her fault. Yeah. Mm hmm. Right. Exactly. 
The next shot is the metal pyramid that you were talking about with the cross made of metal on the table at home. And I completely forget again that this couple who we just saw in their bedroom scene lives with Willie's parents. Let's just keep remembering that. Oh, yeah, that's right. All that kind of non-consensual sex is happening under the parents' same joint roof. Exactly. Allegedly. Allegedly. That's horrible. I mean, it's horrible anyways. Well, it's horrible if no one's stopping it. So Summer comes in the house. Willie follows her and starts to argue with her. Preacher Bill inserts himself right in the middle of their fight and tries to convince Summer, who looks completely dejected when he's talking to her, that everything is fine and every marriage has troubles. But we find out that Preacher Bill is really just worried that Summer will leave Willie and take the grandchildren away because guess what? They are the most important thing to him. If we had bingo four blood relatives, this would be on every card. Grandparents pissed their grandkids are being taken away. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah, or very worried about it. So, oh boy. Okay, now we get, this is when I saw the picture of Summer and Willie with the mini car and the blue fidget spinner pyramid. But Willie comes in at this point after Preacher Bill's trying to talk Summer down. Willie comes back and ruins everything that his dad just did. (laughs) Accuses Summer of sleeping with his friend Adam. And Summer is like, that's it. I'm done. Nice try, dad-in-law. I'm leaving. And I'm taking the kids. Bill is very distraught. Willie doesn't seem that mad. Bill is very distraught. Willie just sort of is making a cute face. So now we get the triangle at the top of the church, the A-frame without the wall sides. It's a wide shot. Very good blood relatives. And inside the church, Willie is very depressed, looking at his divorce papers on the steps of the pulpit. And we find out that this divorce, this separation is super contentious and it's an all-out war for custody of these kids. And Summer moves 40 miles north with the kids and the grandparents are really, really mad about it. Willie's probably mad too, we don't know. But what they should be mad about is that Summer, we find out, is actually seeing Adam. That is actually something that is happening. It's a real thing. Good for her. I know. And now we're in a new house. 40 miles away, with Adam, now in red shorts out of nowhere, being super affectionate with Summer and her kids, and apparently he loved the kids like they were his own. And again, we are back in the bedroom with Summer again at a new vanity table, Mm. taking off her necklace. In the same, like, light blue negligee. Same thing. It's just that Adam's there now, and she's removing her triangle jewelry yet again and setting them onto the table and they have an exchange that instead of being very awkward and uncomfortable is very sweet and he tells her she's the most beautiful woman in the world etc it's basically they do the same lines but the way that it should have gone yeah yeah very clever yeah that was clever i mean for blood relatives it was clever for anything i thought it was good and adam is also in his underoos so now it's a double you get to see two relatively handsome gentlemen in their underwears. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy with that everyone in this episode seems fairly confident with themselves and their looks getting in their underoos. Mm-hmm. But I definitely suffer from self-esteem issues, especially when dealing with adult acne. Mm. But thank goodness one hero has come to my rescue. Mm. Apostrophe! Yay! 
2021 is finally coming to an end, and I have started to think about what changes I'm going to make in the new year. So in the new year, to go along with my better-looking skin from apostrophe, I want a better-looking inside as well. So I'm trying to cut down my incredibly high sugar intake, as I have been for a while, and I'm trying to get outside more. I'm trying to do a little bit more walking and look to the horizon instead of just looking at my computer and looking at my room. I love that. Just inside better looking. We all want to take better care of ourselves in the new year, and an important part of self-care is taking care of your skin. That's why we love apostrophe. Whether you're dealing with breakouts, noticing signs of aging, or looking to even out your skin tone, Apostrophe will help you get glowing skin this year. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you need to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and your medical history. You snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. An apostrophe treats all kinds of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne, to chestney, backney, and buttney. I didn't know those contractions were things. Those are actual things. No one in this episode suffers from them. No. That I can tell that they might. And it's also, it's really embarrassing. So it's fantastic to meet with a dermatologist if you're suffering from one of those things. It hurts your self-esteem. So why not give it a try? Yeah, buttney would hurt anyone's self-esteem. It does. And it also kind of hurts. So apostrophe treats your breakouts from head to toe. I'm all about it. I went to apostrophe first to treat my cystic acne that was mainly located on my face. But I love the fact that they treat the body from head to toe. Absolutely. I use an oral medication and a topical medication to deal with my skin's texture. And I've been really happy with the results that I've had from apostrophe and the communication that I've had with my board certified dermatologist. It's been an incredible experience. And if you're thinking about it, take the plunge this year. Do it. Go to apostrophe.com. And if you go right now, you can save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash date dateline. Just click begin visit, use our code date dateline at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5 with $15 off. $5 total. It's amazing. $5. Come on. That's APO. S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash date dateline and make sure to use our code date dateline to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. Thank you, Apostrophe. You are my own Prince Charming. Aw, you're my Bugatti. They came to my rescue. Thanks, Apostrophe. They did. That's beautiful. So while Summer and Adam are reveling in their newfound love, the Inmans, on the other hand, are in a world of hurt. After the whole raffle debacle, Preacher Bill loses his congregation. Oh, boy. And they are about to be evicted from their house as they are completely out of money. You know what? They should enter a contest of some sort that gives a house to someone. Yeah, if you buy a raffle ticket. It's so awful. They have pulled out, as they're trying to leave their home, they pull out the last of Summer's belongings and she is going to come and collect them. But when she comes, she does not come alone, and she has a police escort. Smart. And not only that, following close behind is boyfriend Adam. Not as smart. Ex-friend of Willie, not as smart. No, but the cop was very smart. 
Yes. Willie very quickly starts shoving Adam and the cop decides it's just boys being boys and he doesn't need to intervene on that fight. But when Bill gets involved, he tries to grab the cop's arm and is taken down. Sorry, I don't know if the cop got involved at that point, but in the reenactment, he they're just sort of yelling at each other and the cops just standing back. So I don't know. Right. The pastor's like swinging punches. He's like, nope. Yeah. Then the cop takes the pastor down. (laughs) Can't believe his congregation didn't walked out on this charming guy. They actually didn't tell us if he was arrested or not. I think he maybe was just detained, but I don't know. I was curious. Yeah, it looks like they were cuffing him at least. They, I think they might have been just trying to get him to calm down. But Brenda tells us that the Inmans have sunk pretty low at this point, but they haven't reached hell quite yet. That would come a few weeks later. Oh boy. But now we have it. So Summer, we find out, has been working at a local bank in that town that she lives in 40 miles away. And while she is taking out the trash after finishing her shift, she gets ambushed by two men in all black and black ski masks who drag her into a car. A good Samaritan tries to intercept while she's getting pulled into the car, but gets sprayed with pepper spray, totally debilitated. He can't help her. In the struggle, what happens? Her necklace falls to the ground. The triangle necklace falls to the ground. She is pushed into the back seat of this car, which turns out to be an unmarked police car and is sped away from the bank. Now, she is in jeans when she is pulled into the car. Why? Did she change at work? It drove me crazy. People that work at banks aren't allowed to wear jeans. I've never seen anyone in jeans at any bank. Casual Friday? I've never seen it. Casual Friday for a bank would be like slacks. It's weird because she's not wearing powder blue, which she's wearing the whole episode. She's wearing powder blue jeans. (laughs) She's wearing light blue jeans. Oh, well, that's all they had. Yeah, and she's wearing a black shirt. The wardrobe department, that's all they had. They ran out of powder blue. But she definitely was wearing jeans because we hear about it later. But it seems like she changed at work. I don't recall them being powder blue. Well, when we see them later, they're quite dirty. So, Does that seem weird that she was not dressed to work at a bank? Well, she's taking out the trash. Maybe she's not a teller. Maybe she works in the back or is a housekeeper. Not housekeeper. Cleaning person. Okay. I just thought it was interesting. It seemed like she changed her clothes at work. Or maybe she had to wear a uniform. Maybe they have a little suit or something and she hates it. So she changes before she goes home. It just seemed weird. Sorry, I don't know why I got fascinated by it. Because it's clothes. Maybe. So the town is shocked and scared by this abduction. Investigators on the scene find a pair of keys in the parking lot along with the triangle necklace. We'll get back to the keys later. And now we get shots of the large angel statue that is not crying blood. But now would be a good time for it to cry blood. But it's not. Yeah. Hello. So that's fun. The investigators put out an APB for a Crown Victoria because that's the kind of car that pulled away from the scene. But after hearing nothing from the kidnappers in regards to ransom or anything else for several hours, the investigators start to try to get a handle on who Summer was and where she hung out. So they hear about Faith Tabernacle, the church, and they go to the church. I don't know why. Someone told her she hung out at the church. It's weird. But they go to the church first. 
which is now completely boarded up, which also confused me because they never told us that the church just shut down. They said that he lost the congregation, which I assume meant he was not the pastor anymore. But apparently that's just it for the church. Right. They were done. They all lost their faith after they were cheated in that raffle. He shut down the faith of a huge community. That's horrible. That's so sad. That's really bad. So at the church, there are fresh tire tracks in the cemetery. And these fresh tire tracks, first of all, rude. You do not drive in the cemetery. I'm upset. Also, it didn't really look like tire tracks. Not so much. It looked just like grass was kind of unearthed at some sort of spot. Oh, really? Oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's just a circular area where there's no dirt, where there's no grass. That's not tire track. So the quote tracks, they lead right to the church septic tank. Oh, boy. And as they uncover the lid. Oh, poop. I would say it's better. The septic tank. The worst fears come true of everyone in my house anyways, because they see a sock with a foot in it and a pair of jeans inside. Basically, there's a body in there, which is horrific. It is the complete insult to injury. It's like when they find bodies in a trash can. It's really awful. I'm going to kill you and I'm going to throw you in the toilet. Yeah. Like a goldfish. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, it's horrible. I've not seen a septic tank like that, though. I haven't either. Have you ever been to Ohio? No. Let us know. Do they have big plastic bins that are septic tanks? Well, not white anyways. Like white plastic. Yeah. I would think it should be green to try to match the surroundings, right? It's like a little bit camouflaged. If you have a huge septic tank in a lawn. Yeah, if you have an above-ground septic tank. It's very strange. I thought they were like metal. I don't know. Any, I don't know anything about septic tanks. I know because I went to camp and there was a, a septic tank. What color was it? In the middle of them. Um, and one of the cabins was near it. And so it smelled. Oh. It was a weird camp. Camp? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> so they had to... It was a leadership camp. I did not want to go. I was very grumpy. <laughs> That's the soap one. Oh, no. That's the soap camp. You're going to tell that soap story on Patreon. Join our Patreon to find out what the soap <laughs> story is from Katie's weird leadership camp. Also, leadership camp sounds like I was in trouble, like a troubled teen. It does. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Scared straight. Yep. <gasps> yep. <laughs> Come to Patreon. So they have to drain this septic tank. And now we see what appears to be an incredible messy day for this young actress who played Summer. Thoughts on the feces-covered body? I mean, it looked more reddish to me. It was fully brown on my phone. Oh, it looked like mud. I don't want to think about it too much. That poor, beautiful actress um, having to lie still on grass covered. They really went all out. They really did. They did. I was a little bit grumpy with blood relatives, actually, because it was a little too realistic. And we all know what a septic tank is. So putting that much on her was a little gross. It was a little gross out. Yeah, I mean, there weren't chunks of anything, thank God. But they do close-ups on her face where it's, like, wet splatter. Yeah, that's nasty. And, yeah, we see blood a lot. But, again, this is a horrible thing that happened, right? They could have just not showed her. That would have been better. They could have shown 
maybe her face and made her hair a little dirty. I don't know. I just feel like there was a way to do this. I don't know why they did this. This was an interesting choice. Boy. So most importantly, the body has zip ties around its wrists. And there is a thicker, large zip tie around her neck. So the cause of death was actually strangulation, asphyxiation. So all the evidence in this case so far obviously points to the Inmans. The body is literally found at the church that he was in charge of, that he committed fraud with. Oh, this was sad. So the froggy is in the angel statue's arms. Aww. He's holding the froggy in his arms. And he's watching the body. Froggy does not approve. Froggy's upset and needs to be comforted. What does it mean? What does the frog mean? You have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince charming. That's all I can think of. Who is the frog? Frog in the throat. Don't know. So Willie goes in to talk with the cops with his giant head of hair. Sorry, his hair is very prominent on his head. And so he's super shady. When he's talking to them, he's very shifty and his alibi is real weird. And it's tied in with his dad, Pastor Bill, which is immediately suspicious to me. I was like, no, if your alibi is together, that means you both did this crime together. Mm-hmm. So what their story is, is that on their way to pick up the children from Summer and Adam, their car breaks down. This is the evening of the crime. They are supposed to be going to pick up the kids and the car is breaking down somewhere in this 40-mile trip. The timeline in this is so confusing because Summer is taken in the bright light of day. It looks like she's taken at one in the afternoon, right? Yeah. The car is breaking down at dusk and they say it takes several hours to fix the car. I think overnight. Oh, yeah. Yeah during which time they've turned their phones off because they want to save the battery. The car is fixed. They finally get it fixed at 7 a.m. the next morning. They just sleep in their car. Why don't you use the phone battery to call someone? AAA, a neighbor. I mean, they have no friends because they've cheated them all out of money. It's not 400 miles. It's 40 miles. You could just get a ride into town, the next car that comes. No, I don't understand. It's a really weird thing. They're acting like they're stranded in the mountains and they have to preserve their car battery. I don't understand. Call AAA and then just sign up. Can you just sign up for AAA? Yeah. It, that would be fine. The dad's like, oh, it's not even fixable. This could start a fire. This is a huge problem. But somehow he fixes it in the morning. Okay. It's a really weird situation. And it's a terrible, terrible alibi. It reads as completely fake. But Willie has a little bit more information to share with the cops. And now we are transported to another reenactment at a honky-tonk bar where Willie sees Summer out having drinks with Adam. This is apparently two weeks before the crime takes place. He pulls up a bar stool and has a seat with them at the table and kind of confronts Adam about trying to take his place as his children's father type thing, although we don't hear any of that conversation, but that's the vibe we're supposed to get that Willie was real worried about this. It's a high tension situation in a bar. That's what he tells the cops. Can you tell me why this then makes them suspect Adam? Because that's when they start to say he had concerns that Adam was abusing the children. 
This is when we first hear that. Thank you. Okay, I could not figure that out. So he was worried about Adam taking his place as their dad, but also that he was abusing them. Right, which there's no proof of whatsoever. Also, this guy was his best friend for like his whole life. Why would he be best friends with the guy that would abuse children? It was his whole life best friend? Yeah, he was like a great best friend. Who said that? I don't know. It felt like it. They met in college. Oh, it was his college best friend. Still, he's like 30. 10 years. I thought that they said they just met in college, but maybe they were best friends. Okay. I thought they were interested. Are you just making up stuff? But they're best friends, regardless. They were best friends. Why would you be best friends with someone who you wouldn't want hanging around your children? Because you think they're putting your children in danger. Yeah, that's true. It's not like he didn't hang out with him around the children when he was still married to Summer. I'm thinking he didn't. They said he kept Summer away. I don't think he ever invited Adam over. Well, he never had the kids to himself? No, Summer was the wife. She watches the children. Summer was always there, right? So that's, yeah, I don't know. This is interesting. Okay. But regardless, the police decide they need to check Adam's alibi because he's being accused of abusing the children. So as they pull up to Adam's apartment, they see a white crown Victoria with a triangle and circle charm dangling from the rearview mirror. I don't know what the circle means, but whatever. Adam is being sort of nervous and agitated when talking to the police about Summer. But mainly, he just feels really bad. He feels like he should have walked down to the bank to see her as she got off work. But he had the children, so I'm not quite sure. Was he going to walk with the children down to the bank? How far is the bank? I have no idea. This was a weird line of questioning to me. The police ask if the Crown Vic is his, the white Crown Vic outside. And he says, no, his car is still at Summer's work at the bank because she drove his car into work, which remembers that big red truck. So interesting. He says that those are actually his keys that were found dropped in the parking lot at the scene. So why would he need to walk down to work to the bank if Summer had his car? I think she was so worried about what's his face. Willie. She had brought that police escort. Maybe he said he'd pick her up if she was nervous or something. But he didn't have a car, so he was just going to walk there. She had his car. Yeah. So he was just going to walk with her so literally he could go to the front door of the bank. Yeah. Walk her to the car. Walk her to the car and then all drive back. And then she would either drive him home in his car or he, she would drive off and he would have to walk home by himself. So you see what I'm saying, right? Why this seems a little weird. And I was now suspicious of Adam because this whole thing made no sense. I was like, how are you walking? Right. No, I think that's the writer's fault and not Adam's fault. Okay, Adam tried. Yeah. But he was watching the kids regardless. The last time he ever saw Summer was when she left for work. He'd been watching the kids all day because Willie is supposed to come pick them up. The kids in the reimagined Magdament are both playing with blue toys, by the way. The boy is playing with this weird Rubik's triangle. Triangle. Mm-hmm. And the girl is playing with these blue squishy toys. I don't know what they are, but she seems like she does not want to be playing with those toys. I felt bad for her. <laughs> They're like, look excited. She was like, I don't want these. So Adam is growing more and more concerned as he doesn't hear from anyone. And Willie never shows up and Summer never shows back up. But he points the cops to the Inman parents. He says, you need to go and look at Bill and Sandy. So now it's time 
for the cops to finally go and see the parents in their new home, which is in another town. I don't know. There must be lots of little towns around. Maybe he found another job as a pastor slash priest slash con man. <laughs> so lo and behold, at the new house, there is a white Crown Vic in that garage. So this is the second white Crown Vic we've seen. The CSI does a search of the car and in the trunk, which has been really, really, really well cleaned, suspiciously well cleaned, they find a Garmin and some tools. A Garmin is a GPS, for those of you who don't know, because I didn't know. Yeah. So they see that the tires have been changed on the car by looking at some photos. They don't explain what the photos are. (laughs) They don't explain how they know that the tires have been changed. Did you notice that? Yeah, no. Now... Before I understood what a Garmin was, I thought that they were maybe looking at pictures on a Garmin. Oh. Because I didn't know. Right. That makes sense. So have no idea how they could see that the tires had been changed recently, but apparently they figured it out. Well, they're all different tires. I thought they meant they were all different from each other. Oh, you're probably right. So they're like, this obviously aren't the tires that came with the car because they're all randomly different tires but that doesn't make sense that is not good for the car oh i wish i could go back in time and have realized what that was i totally heard that wrong i heard that these are all okay they're each different that's what i thought that doesn't match that one and that one doesn't match that yeah you're totally right everyone kimberly nailed it there we go that's it which is terrible for your car i think you're not supposed to do that It's terrible. No, it's, well, they say it's terrible. I actually don't know how terrible it is. And I don't know how much people just want you to buy four new tires. I have questions about that. Car people, call me. So Brenda has a really good pun right now. All the tires on the car have been changed out. And Brenda says, are the Inmans trying to cover their tracks? There you go. Ew. Literally. So the search now moves inside the Inman's house. and. There in Bill and Sandra's bedroom, under the bed, they find a backpack (laughs) just full of evidence. Literally all the evidence that it's not even just this murder. It's every other blood relative's murder. Any murder. On Dateline. In America. In America. Just period. It's ski masks, zip ties, pepper spray, a pistol, and a weird fake security badge. Could be anyone. Did you notice the CSI lady? No, what? Triangle earrings. The same ones? No, smaller ones. They even put the CSI lady in triangle earrings. They're going all out. Why, though? I've not seen this much dedication. The empanadas push me over the hill. I've not seen this much dedication to a theme. Why? Still don't know why. Okay. So now that, of course, they have to haul Bill in for questioning because he had a murder kit under his bed. And Bill is, of course, not very cooperative. I mean, he's a shamed member of the clergy, so he's very upset. But he says he would never hurt his own grandkids, and hurting their mother would hurt his grandkids. They were his number one priority, and he gets very emotional when talking about them. But he has no problem pointing the finger at the angry congregation that was trying to rend his garments from him in front of his church. Who creepily move around like you are on drugs. Yeah, it's not great. They're all zombies. That's why they move in such a weird way and their faces track as they're moving. It's very strange. So 
Bill and his family, we find out now, did have some reason to be concerned about being harmed from this congregation, though, because it actually has been proven that they knew the raffle was a scam. Oh, they knew it from the start. The inception of the raffle was to scam people out of money. They were having financial troubles. They needed the money, so they cooked up this scheme. It's not great, but I very highly doubt someone from the congregation did this. So he looks even worse now. But none of it matters because the Inmans are totally involved. New evidence has come to light from the GPS found in the trunk. The GPS shows that the Crown Vic stopped at a car wash on the day of the crime. And when they go to the car wash, they were able to get surveillance video that someone inside the Crown Vic used the vacuums at the car wash. And it was somebody surprising. Oh boy, did you know who it was? Yes, because in this family, whose job is it to clean? <gasps> You're right, the lady. Now we get shots of a stone cross before we find out who it is exactly. We get shots of a stone cross statue with a dollar sign in the middle of it. Instead of embossed. Yeah, carved. A name. Yeah, it's like literally a dollar sign. It's a dollar sign. Where did they get that? I don't know. I need to know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was foam and made to look solid. It looked really good, though. It looks real. There's no way they had the budget to get a foam one of those made. Where do they find a real one? It's huge. No, I think that maybe it's shot to make it look huge. Maybe. That's a good point. Like Stonehenge. (laughs) Stonehenge. The the (laughs) druids. Okay, so (laughs) it... I think it's actually something that hangs on a chain. <gasps> Ooh, and they shot it to make it look... And they spray painted it with that stone spray paint. That's clever. And then shot it to make it look like a... That was... That's how they did it. Season six, baby, is amplified with this. There we go. They're getting real cool with it. That was great. Impressive. So we also... This was the worst one for me. Besides this, the statue cross with the dollar sign carved into it, all of a sudden, just a wire, one of these wire pyramids that we've seen just scattered throughout. Every house has these wire pyramids. Every shot gets dropped in the middle of a street. Well. At least it's not the necklace. At least it's not the necklace. Okay. Because our very next shot is at the police station where it's on the cop's desk. So... It's in the street. It's on the desk. It's everywhere. These wire pyramids. Okay. The video reveals that Sandy is the one in the Crown Vic that's vacuuming the car out. So she is interviewed by the police. And apparently, according to Sandy, she was also with her husband and son the night that the car broke down and no one had their phones on. That epic night of car fixing in the dark. So they like retcon the night and show us again where they're stranded on the side of the road but this time the mom is there too i died i thought it was so great and i love it that they didn't think to include the wife in their alibi of course they didn't no of course not she's the wife she's the woman why would they do that yeah let her fend for herself wow she's disposable i'll get another one okay so the investigators show her pictures of the car wash and her vacuuming furiously the car out. And she decides 
she's going to come clean. She says this whole thing, this whole crime was a horrible mistake. All the family was trying to do was to get a chance to talk to Summer and talk some sense into her. They pull up to the bank in their cop car lookalike, and it seemed like they were planning to pretend to be police. I had no idea why they thought this would work, because she's going to look at their faces and know they're not cops. So why were they doing that? Why was that the idea? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I thought they were saying that they were just planning to go out and talk to her. But because there were people around, they had to do the fake kidnapping thing instead. But they had that badge in the bag. No, but they said in the episode, she says right now that they were trying to pretend to be security or something. What she would know who they are. And so they decide there are too many people around. So F it. I'm going to just put on this ski mask and go for it. Which how do she doesn't explain why they just happen to have these ski masks then if the plan was to be police. No. Okay. So I think plan A was that weird security badge was plan A. Yeah. Plan B was the ski masks. Okay. But it seems like they got flipped. It feels like if people aren't around, we're going to do the ski masks. If there's no one around, we'll just grab her real quick and use ski masks for the security cameras. Mm -hmm. But if people are around, we're going to try the security badge thing because maybe she'll be embarrassed and won't want to make a scene, you know? Right. And they'll go willingly. Regardless, the plan in which to either fake arrest her mm -hmm. or fake kidnap her in order to talk calmly to her about the custody agreement mm -hmm. was the worst plan I've ever heard. Because nothing makes someone make rational decisions about their children than you kidnapping them. Oh, it's you guys? Sure, I'll give you custody of the kids. Uh, you All you have to do is kidnap me to make me want to do that. Does this feel like a lot of really dumb... Because the raffle was pretty dumb, too. Yeah, I think they're really dumb. It's dumb to have a small congregation and think that people are going to think they're actually going to win a house. People fell for it because you're their pastor. And so you deceived them easily. Right. But that was a dumb prize. You didn't have to make it that big. Say you're going to win a jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. People love jet skis. Say you're going to win a spa day. A anything. A free Bible. Anything. Signed by the pastor. Why did you say a house? Yeah, I don't know. God, it's weird. Okay, you see what I'm saying? This sounds like a bunch of dumb people sitting around a table coming up with a dumb idea. Yeah. But uh, this is why I kind of thought Sandy is lying to the police, where she's saying that that was the plan. And the plan was always to kill her. Oh, you think it was a lie? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I did not think about that. That is funny, because normally I'm the one that assumes people are lying. And this time I fully believed her. I was like, yeah, that seems right. I think she's downplaying it, saying, oh, it was an accident. She, We were just going to try to talk to her. That's really good. Okay. So Sandy maybe is smart because she had to come up with this weird. You're right, because it is too dumb. And her husband and her son left her out to dry. So she really does have to come up. Yeah, fend for herself. That's true. So... They get Summer in the back seat, and Summer is, of course, freaking out. And Sandy's in the front seat saying, tell her to shut up. Now, they t say that Sandy was driving, 
but they don't tell us that they pulled over for this scene that we're seeing. Right. So half of this scene, did you think the same thing? <laughs> Sandy's literally peering between the two seats in the front. Watch the road. No, she's fully like turned around. Her body is in a 180 swivel to the back seat. Literally couldn't tell if the car was moving or yeah. not. So I was <laughs> like, what are you doing? I had the exact same thought. It was a weird description. They say Sandy was driving. Yeah. Say No, say Sandy was the driver. Right. Not Sandy was driving. Yeah. Because now we all, I don't know how they made it out alive. <laughs> so regardless, Summer's freaking out in the back seat. Willie zip ties her hands. And then this is why you might be right. Puts a zip tie around her neck, apparently, I guess, to try to get her to be quiet. See, no one's that stupid. Unless they're actually, like, have mental challenges. No, he looked dumb, though. He did look dumb, but he's a pastor. He looked, he had dumb face. He did. He did look kind of dumb. So they both did. So we'll see. Not that you can judge if someone's dumb, but sometimes you can. Oh, Willie. Yeah, Willie did it. Not the dad. Sorry. He's not a pastor. Willie did. Yeah, Willie does have dumb face, but he's cute. Yeah. So it puts a zip tie around her neck too tight. And they had no way to cut it off. No one had brought a knife. You brought a pistol, <laughs> but not a knife. I don't believe for a second that Willie doesn't carry a Swiss Army knife in his pocket. I also need that to be untrue because it's so horrifying to me. I know. That this happened. If it was an accident, it's so incredibly cruel. Yeah. It's cruel either way. It's cruel. But then it brings you back to remember when they were having that weird scene in the bedroom and she says, you're suffocating me. <gasps> Look how clever you are. There you go. I just got it when you were redo when you were talking about it. I didn't put that together. I did get wasted away, though. Thank you. There, I, Yeah. So there you go. So now this is the weirdest part to me. They show them backing up into the cemetery and they actually show the actress going inside this white plastic giant bin thing like a gymnast. It was so impressive because they must have had a stunt person do it. I have no idea. No, I don't think so. They weren't particularly wearing a wig. Yeah, they maybe don't for these kind of shows. She just was going in completely limp, folded over on herself. Yeah. They must have put like a mattress down in the bottom of it. She went face first. Head first. Yeah. Head first into the thing. I was shocked. So also, Froggy's watching the whole thing. Mm -hmm. He's at the angel's feet. And now we know why he was up in the angel's arms. Because he watched it from the ground and then crawled up into the arms. Oh, remember he was there. Did you ever have a pet frog? No. Have you seen those little teeny tiny pet frogs that are about as big as your thumb? Oh, no. I would like that. They're really cute. They got good little faces, too. They're all right. Wait, but did you see the G thing? The G that's hanging from the car? I did. I didn't write it down because I couldn't figure out what it was. So there is one thing hanging from this Crown Vic, which is a G on a dog tab shaped sort of pendant with a V's underneath it and then a capital G in the middle. What is that? It almost looks like an A with a G inside the A or it's like a tent and a G inside the tent. Some sort of abstract 
G, or tent. So it would be a triangle if the G wasn't there. It looked like a symbol for like Kiwanas, like a club. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Who's got a who's G? What's their last name? Inman. Then no, I have no idea. Is G for God? Is G for God? Maybe. It's not a triangle though. If they're trying to have it like G be for God, for the Father, the Son, whatever, but it's in super abstract triangle because it has a whole bunch of extra lines. Why would you even have that? I don't know. And why would you show it multiple times? If it doesn't fit that properly. If anyone can figure out what that G means, maybe G is the name of the frog and we just don't get to know his name. Garrett? Garrett. Yeah, it's Garrett. I don't know why it's there. I saw it a bunch and I couldn't figure it out. So I just left it out. (laughs) I wish I could do that. Because if I never can figure anything out, there would be no recap. I was hoping you hadn't seen it. Is it this? Yeah. Oh, that is a triangle, though. It's a, uh, what is that? It's not Kiwanis. It's a club, though, right? It's a, it's society. The square and the compass are depicted with the letter G in the middle. The G stands for God. It is something with the Masons. Masons, the Freemasons. There you go. But the G does stand for God. It's the single most identifiable symbol of Freemasonry, except to Katie and Kimberly. Well, how would we know that? No, both the square and compasses are architects' tools. I gave up my membership years ago. And are used in Masonic ritual as emblems to teach symbolic lessons. We got it. But you did get that it was a club of some sort. I should have thought of the Masons, but I didn't. But also, so it is a triangle. That was a triangle of sorts. Kind of. It's not really. The bottom part is a... It's straight across the bottom or there's a... No, there's a curve. No, it's not straight across the bottom. It's like two triangles. One on top, like one facing downward and one facing upward. Double triangle. Double triangle. I don't like it. Also, again, why do we need that? Was he in the the Freemasons? I don't know much about the Freemasons, to be honest. I sort of thought that that was part of the Illuminati. I'm still not convinced it's not. I was thought it was going to be Illuminati because we kept seeing that stupid pyramid over and over again. And I was like, is this the Illuminati? Is there an eye in it? It would have made more sense if the symbol from hanging from the window had been the Illuminati. So yeah, because at least that would have been a triangle. Sure. Yeah, I would have appreciated that. Okay. So the next day, Sandra cleans out the car at the car wash. Bill takes the car to a salvage yard. You're right to get or like a a chop shop to get four new tires i still wasn't getting that they were all different and he puts them on himself he spent only 125 dollars for four tires so i think what he did is he didn't have the guy change him he went and he's like i need four tires any tires yeah whatever any tires your cast-offs anything sneaky what's a bread of tires goodyear your foot year tires anything exactly grudier also the crown vic outside of adam's apartment this is a little weird for me the police wonder if it's there on purpose like maybe they'd been scoping him out too for a kidnapping but then what where did they go into 7-eleven for drinks on their stakeout they're hiding behind a tree i thought maybe they left it there to frame adam me too also, then why is the little symbol? But the symbol is different, right? Right. It's a, it's a circle and a triangle. It's a circle and the triangle instead of the Freemasons. And also an actual circle. It's not on a dog tag. 
it's like an actual circle and a triangle. Yeah. I don't understand what, I think that they condensed this too much at the end, <laughs> so we're not understanding what happened. No. I don't really understand why they said that the Crown Vic was at Adam's. It made more sense that they were, A, trying to frame him, or that it was a completely unrelated Crown Vic. And there are just Crown Vics awash in this town. Because at this point, they didn't have the license plate, so they couldn't check if it was... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They totally did. Okay, whatever. So they're all arrested. And at this point, we see them sitting at the dining table in our triangle formation. And it was at that point that I realized who the triangle is. So it's the mother, father, son. Okay. They're sitting at a long dining room table and it has them at the head in a triangle. There we go. Then who's the circle? I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Why is there a circle in the triangle? Deathly Hallows. It has to be Deathly Hallows. I can't hear that. So after they are arrested, they blame Sandra. Of course they do. No. Preacher Bill blames Sandra. And he says that she was constantly going on and on about how awful summer was and how she wanted her grandchildren. And laddie, 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 you know a woman. You know how women love to nag. But he gets life. And I loved it. So he gets life, even though he blames Sandra. Willie also gets life without parole. Both of them life without parole. Sandy, with very, very thin eyebrows, gets 15 years. And crazy eyes. Because of her confession. 15 years. Because she confessed. Yeah, the, the eyebrows were very thin, which Kimberly has feelings about. No, it was more that her eyes looked so crazy in that photo. Really? I was so focused on the brows. She's smiling. She's doing one of these, like, this terrifying smile. And also, Willie, not hot at all. He looks like a guy who drinks Kool-Aid in his mom's basement. Or just on the street. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when you see somebody on the street, they're wearing shorts and it's too cold for shorts. Yeah, yeah. Maybe sport shorts, you know, like the basketball shorts. He's wearing silky, slick, shiny (laughs) basketball shorts with weird ankle socks. And then he's just got a cup from inside his house. And it's got something red in it because there's red all over his mouth. (laughs) The red mustache of death. Yeah. And a couple of red dots on his shirt because he hasn't made it into his mouth every time. Yeah. That was a good picture, wasn't it? That's who he is. That's exactly who he is. That's who Willie is. (laughs) He is not this unbelievable, handsome model slash actor that we have. No. So, and also in season six, we do not get the Brenda Strong closing lines. We get closing lines from usually one of our interviewers. In this case, it's a friend of Summer who seemed nice, who really was upset about Sandy getting only 15 years, which I kind of understand, but I'm also kind of like, well, she did confess and they did try to throw her under the bus. Yeah. I don't think that Sandy's going to get out of prison in 15 years and commit more crimes. Right. But I don't know if it's enough to atone for what she did and not saving Summer. Yeah. She should have put, she should have shut this down. But we also don't know if Willie was so controlling of Summer, then there's a good chance that Pastor Bill was really controlling of Sandra. That's a good point. That's a really good point. So our last shot is Adam bringing pretty purple flowers in a tiny vase to the gravestone. And he leaves. You do it. You do it. He puts this tiny little metal pyramid. Like if a pyramid was one of the tokens that you use to play Monopoly. It's a ring. It's a ring? Yeah. 
I don't have one here, but I have one like that, that the ring is a shape. Juts out. It goes out on both sides. And you could poke somebody in the face with it. You know the symbol for atomic, like an atomic symbol? It looks like that. It's wild. It's not very comfortable. But is that what this was? Yeah, I think it was a set. I think it was the necklace, the ring, and the earrings. We are supposed to think that's a ring. Okay, that's for fashionistas only. But that means one side points out and the other side is flat. Does that make sense? I guarantee you the costume designer knew that it was a set. No one else in the cast or crew knew that that was supposed to be a ring. It does look like this just teeny tiny little triangle. But also it's the last time, but we've seen it. It's just so much throughout. It's so many triangles. I feel like I'm lost in triangles. Mm-hmm. I feel all pointy. This was, this was a, a very exceptional episode, though. We had some incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to have a frog. I love the frog. It was great. So when we're back in the new year, everybody, we will see you with a new show. That doesn't mean we won't return. Correct. We're still going to do some blood relatives, but we might do, we'll might do other stuff too. It'll be fun. Thank you, everybody. Happy holidays. Take care of each other. Be safe. Yes, please. And watch out for... Bleeding angels? Idiots. <laughs> there we go. Watch out for signs in your life. You're seeing a lot of triangles. There you go. Just something seems off. Yeah. Something might be off. Yeah. Does your angel bleed from the eyes? Something is wrong. Something is wrong here. Bye, everybody. Bye.